Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy Druids in Cars going to festivals. So here's the thing. I've been doing this for, what, 15 years? I think we just figured out. Almost, almost 15 years. 2006 to 2019, so really only 13 years, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, because I like to say that you're about a decade ahead of me, which is, it's more like nine years and some change ahead of me, but... So you're at four-ish years at this point. Yeah, four and some change. So, and our change is roughly equal. Yes, because we're both Summerland, I think. Yes, both both done at Summerland. And the the experience does matter. I mean, I've been doing this for, as you say, about nine more years. Nearly a decade longer than me. But... It also doesn't really matter. And part of that is something that I try to impress on anyone who comes into the, the clergy council. It mattered a lot in the beginning. Like, and you did a really good job at like making me feel immediately welcome and appear, I would say. But yeah. the experience really mattered in the beginning. Because there were a lot of things that I just hadn't done yet. Yep. Um, and now, you know, four years in, I've done a lot of those same things that you've been doing. Yes. And so I have the experience now. Well, Maybe not as much, but... It depends on the thing. You've done more funerals than I have. I have. <laughs> so there's that. And your experience with trance is different than mine. It's a, it's a, I think it's a different but parallel set of skills that you have. And there's some overlap. There's quite a bit of overlap because right. we do a lot of trance together. But... Um, it's still it's it's different. The way that you interact with trans is different than the way that I do. Yeah. And you've got a theater background that I don't have. That's true. That's true. So <laughs> your your improv experience is useful to me because I have to I've had to learn it all myself. Um, the concept of yes and is not one that I had ever understood until you until I it. until I described that to you. Yes. Huh. Which specifically is make sure that everything that you're doing is additive. And that you don't stop the action <laughs> as you're going. You make it sound so much more eloquent. <laughs> if I do, it's only because I've processed what you've told me yeah. and turned it into something. Because my that brain makes sense is just like, well, it's the yes and rule. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> additive. That's additive. what I like. It is additive. Yes. So every every action and ritual is additive on whatever you have done or whatever someone else has done, um, and that's how I conceptualize it. How can I add to this? How can I continue in this vein? Yeah. Um, and 
that's been very helpful for me, and it's not something that I would have ever had if you had not been able to express that as clearly and concisely as you huh. Look at that. Sorry, I'm having a moment of, wait, I taught you something? Uh Yeah. (laughs) This happens reasonably often. I just don't realize it, I suppose. Yes. And before we, before I hit record, because I hit record in the middle of this conversation, um, you'd mentioned visibility. Yeah, like, one of the things that I have to remind myself is that you've been doing this longer than me, and while the experience in the beginning mattered a lot, um, that you had more experience than me in doing all these things, um, that has kind of been mitigated. Like, I've been doing it long enough now that I, I feel comfortable in a lot of my experience, and the things that I don't, I can at least, I feel like I have adjacent experience that I can draw on. Um, but one of the big things is, like, you're much more visible than me, um, because you've been doing it nearly a decade longer, and I have to remind myself that that's not reflective on me, See, you think that I'm more visible, but I'm not sure that I actually am. <laughs> for one thing, I've never run for Vice Arch Druid. <laughs> I, I have. I have run for the location of the ADF annual meeting, but I actually had to decline that nomination <laughs> because I, I couldn't prove that I've been held between the months of May and September. I would hold you between May and September. <laughs> I appreciate that. But again, proof. Gotta have proof. Proof. Um, I also happen to not be a location, but that's the other thing. <laughs> that was many years ago. Um, I think it might have been, well, it was after I met you, but anyway. Yes, I am very visible within ADF and even within our larger banking community, but most of that, I think, is has been, I think that you have caught up. I don't know, I still feel like your voice is much bigger than mine, and your presence is much bigger than mine. No, my voice is just deeper. (laughs) Really. And it carries well. And that's really all there is to that, I think. Um, Because I think that the work that you have done has built a, a presence, and it is different than mine. But it's built a presence within ADF that I would say is probably roughly equal. I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners at home, correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm I not am. sure I believe you. I'll allow it for the moment. Okay. okay, but what about locally? Because you're definitely more visible locally, right? I, I run a shop, and I've been running this grove for 20 years, whether I've been running it, actually running it, or whether I have been just kind of a figurehead priest on it. Um, But even that, keep in mind that when the twins were born, I let you do a whole lot more work. And that gave you a whole lot more visibility. Yeah. Because you are... So, we've got people in the Grove for whom I am their priest. And then we've got people in the Grove for whom you are their priest. Which was really weird. I just need you to know that as well. You've mentioned that before. (laughs) But because of the fact that you were hands-on at a time when I was not, and because you had the space to do that and to grow into that role, you were able to, to essentially pick up people who are, are members of the folk who see you as their primary priest. 
Yeah. And the timing worked out very well for them. Yeah. So, there's not... I don't have a concern that there are people who are... That I don't have a concern that everybody who is looking for a priest is going to come straight to me. And experience bears out that they won't. That is true. So... I, I don't think even locally that we have a large delta between visibility for me and visibility for you or skill level. I for think me maybe level. locally part of the the local priest visibility thing and the way that it sometimes feels weird for me that there are people who view me as their primary priest. Um, part of that is that I think they started viewing me as their priest before I started viewing myself as a priest. Yes. Um, and so it, it it felt very weird in the beginning, and it still feels kind of awkward sometimes. If it helps any, the first wedding that I got asked to do, I did not at all feel prepared for it, nor did I feel like I was actually capable of doing it, nor did I actually feel like I was necessarily the best priest for the job, even though I had Reverend in front of my name. Because the first time that we get asked to do these things, they are overwhelming, and they are hard to do. And it's not because we don't know how to do them, it's because we lack the confidence to do them. Confidence goes a very long way in priesting, and in any magical work, honestly. And the more that we can build up that confidence, we we spoke in another episode, which may or may not appear before this, about (laughs) taking credit for stuff that's magical. Yeah, And and we talked about how I'm not really good at that. Yes, but you should be. <laughs> <laughs> and as you as you learn to take credit for the work that you do, as you learn to recognize that the work that you have done has value, that's when you start to sort of really grow into that role. And it's not ego, and it's not humor, hubris, and it's not narcissism. It is an understanding that you actually have the competence to do these things. You don't just have the sincerity. You have the competence. But I'm at that point in the curve right now where, you know, the graph where it's, you know nothing and then you feel like you know everything and then you hit a point where you actually do know a decent amount of things and you go right back down to feeling like you know nothing. Uh I'm back down at that second little dip where... And I've been doing this for nine years longer, so how do you think I feel? I'm way further down that curve <laughs> where I realize I don't know a whole That's lot of stuff That's not helpful. You haven't started coming back up yet? <laughs> I don't think you ever do. The, the, more the, the more that the world broadly becomes open to you and, and the more you understand the, the questions that you're asking aren't necessarily the right questions. <laughs> the more that you realize that there's more out there than you, you could ever know. And as we grow, as you say, that curve changes. And the curve that I'm on right now, I have a realization that there's a whole lot of stuff out there that I am not good at, and that I have to work very hard to get good at. Um, As a good example, something that you are, in my opinion, very good at, that I am not very good at, um, is the process of working on the fly with the tools that you have available. So, all of a sudden, someone needs healing. I have a limited toolbox for that. I also know that I can turn to you and I can say, you're going to do something 
pretty magical and pretty impressive for this go for it why don't you run this working <laughs> and you'll see me do that from time to time uh, yeah but now I'm going to consciously see you do that you sure are <laughs> as opposed to uh, before it was like oh okay <laughs> but the reason that I do that is because I trust your work and so me saying this right now to you on air <laughs> is me telling you that you also need to trust your own work because I trust my work but I also know when my work is not the best it's not the best fit for this and that's when I refer it out and I give it to the person that I think needs to do that work or can do that work better I do that with uh, with Mike as well our, our grow part, Mike Fearshank I turn around and I say I need a song give me a song I used to do that to you all the time. You did used to do that to me all the time. And then I conned Mike into taking on that job. Exactly. And now you do it to him as well. I sure do. <laughs> and that's how we help people grow into roles. Because we, we find what they are good at. We give them the trust that they need to, to deepen themselves in that role. Because what, what trust really is, in a ritual context, in a magical context is the transference of confidence. I have confidence in you. You can do this work. <laughs> Sorry, I just went to Mary Poppins land. <laughs> I think it's Mary Poppins. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. But that's what, that is what that act does. That is what the act of trust does in general, is it transfers confidence to another person. It takes my feeling of your competency and grants it over to you whether you feel like you've got it or not. Partially because within our grove, I have some authority. I was and saying, that's I was, how I choose to use it. I was just going to say that I feel like part of... So part of the, the, the problem that I have sometimes is that it's a... I'll be cruising along, cruising along, and then I'll be like, oh, well, Michael can do this a lot better than me. Um, and so then it becomes like a, a comparison in my head, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm screwing it up. I'm definitely, definitely screwing it up. Um, and then, I mean, like, there is that sense of when you ask me to do something that then it becomes, oh, okay, I can do this. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't know that I know I can do it until I'm asked to do it. And we do that a lot at festivals. Where we walk up to people and we, we say, we really hey, do. we've got this ritual, will you do the waters? Hey, I did we've that got this, this ritual, will you do the... <laughs> the, the gates? I the did gates. that this yep. weekend. <laughs> and, and, and that is a teaching process because the best way to, to, to learn is to do it in a place where someone has said, I have confidence in you that you can do this. And it feels really high stakes at the time. People put a lot of preparation into it. Yeah. And it helps. Because once they've done that, once they've figured out how to prepare, then they can do it again the next time. And they can build on the experience that they had. And they'll do it better the next time. And so, in in trusting people to do the work, I don't think I've ever gone wrong. I've had... We've had things that, you know, didn't quite work out the way that we all expected them to work. Um... But we've never had like a real ritual flop from it. No, I don't think so. And that alone tells me that there is power in trusting people to do the work. Yes. And that's why I keep doing it. 
<laughs> but I still feel like that piece of advice to myself is that you've been doing this longer than me. Uh-huh. That, that is the feather that you carry that helps you fly. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm really glad that I'm driving and can't really look at you right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, my secret weapon. It is trust in people. I trust people to do the right thing. I trust them to have the skills. I trust them to do the prep. Um, and I know that part of the authority that I have as a priest is when I tell someone that they can do a thing that in itself is a magical act I think part of what I'm also seeing right now is you're revealing these secrets to me and 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 I'm having the well I do that to other people all the time wait a second you're using those tools on me <laughs> yes I'm pulling back the curtain and you're welcome <laughs> but the other part of that too is treating people like peers in the work. Oh yeah. Because the the reason that I trust you to do these things is because I see you as a peer in the work. And do and having that view of my fellow priests, my fellow initiates, um, the bards in our groves, um other magicians that I work with part of that and, and making creating that culture of trust creating that space where people feel like they can do stuff is really t- treating them like a peer and so when you came into the clergy council I immediately acted as if you'd been a priest for years it was weird I know it was <laughs> but you've done all the work and despite the fact that we have three levels of priests our priesting, as far as I'm concerned, um, once you've walked through that gate, those been three gates, is jumped over that threshold. Yes. <laughs> been once, pushed once over you, that threshold. Once you've received those keys, and you can unlock that door, and you can walk through that door. At that point, your skills are equal to everybody else's. It doesn't matter what the, who the clergy person is. And that's the way that I, I feel about them, and so whether we're at a third circle in elevation, whether we are at a first circle ordination, that person who's doing the work or who has done the work, because ordination, uh, consecration, elevation, all those things are recognitions of statuses achieved. Right. And so when they get there and they've gone through all of that and they have their keys, they are ADF priests. And they are as good as any other ADF priest out there at the work. And that is how I view all of us, frankly. And that's why I do my best to be welcoming to anyone who comes into the the clergy council. Because it's hard. Because you have a perception when you come in... That you're brand new and your voice doesn't matter yet. Exactly. But the the thing to know... (laughs) is that you are not brand new and your voice doesn't matter. You are an equal among all the peers. And so your voice carries as much weight as Kirk's or Drum's or Ian's or mine. And that's all there is to it. The more work that you do like this, and the more that you're able to see yourself in that place, 
faster your work will accelerate and the deeper that you will get into the work because you'll have the confidence to move into it and put yourself into that space. I mean, or you'll be kind of like me and trip and fall into it and then keep rolling and then be like, ah, what is happening? The secret, (laughs) the secret there is that we're all rolling. Some of us have just figured out how to do it with less bumps. (laughs) You're just full of all kinds of sayings (laughs) for this. (laughs) I'm playing off what you're giving me here. That's all there is to it. You know in The Princess Bride where she pushes him down the down the hill and they start falling and then she jumps off after Wesley and they go rolling down the hill and then they come to a sliding stop at the ferry bottom at the same basic place. That's what we've all just done. We just got to the bottom first. <laughs> We're off to the fire swamp together. Sure, Thank you very much. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something that you'd like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsincars at threecranes.org. If you would like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes and let us pray with a good fire.